Are you listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other platform where you can leave a rate or review? Do you like what we're doing? If the answer to all of that is yes, please consider quickly giving us a five-star rate. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a nice review, we greatly appreciate that as well. Okay, let's do this. Hello, welcome to the Ghosts of Harrenhal. My name's Simon. And I'm McKelly. Thank you for joining us for episode 15 of our chapter-by-chapter book review of A Song of Ice and Fire series by George R.R. R. Martin. Today we're discussing chapter 14 of A Game of Thrones, Catelyn 3. You know the drill by now. We'll chat about the chapter and try not to spoil any future plot points for you, and hopefully provide you with some entertainment along the way. We'll summarise what happened, discuss our thoughts on it, provide some useful background, compare it to the TV show, indulge in a little pedantry, and cover some reader mail. And be sure to check out our show notes. They provide some additional information about the characters and other things of note about the chapter. How are you? All right. Yeah. How about you? I'm good. I've just uh, finished a book by a guy called Ted Chiang, C-H-I-A-N-G, yes, um, called been. Exhalation, like yeah. breathing out. And I highly recommend it. It's very, yeah. very good. It's sort of like near-future sci-fi short stories. Really excellent. I mean, I I can't stop thinking about these stories. Right, they're, yeah. They're really good. You've already ruined two of them for me. I have, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll spare the listeners. <laughs> All right, we got it does a, sound good, though. we got a long one today, so let's get to it. All right. Um, quick recap of what Catelyn was up to previously. After encouraging Ned to accept the job as Hand of the King, she's been mostly not moving from Bran's bedside. Okay punctuating her vigil with some meanness in John's direction. Yeah. Um, McKelly, why don't you give us the summary? As you mentioned, Catelyn Stark continues her vigil over Bran, despite her growing exhaustion. When Maester Lewin comes to her with reports and tasks requiring her attention, she refuses to even engage with him. Rob enters the room and tells Lewin that he'll handle the tasks. When Lewin leaves, Rob confronts his mom about her behavior, pointing out that she hadn't even left the room when Ned and the girls left, and that baby Rickon needs her. Rickon is confused and feels abandoned. He's been clinging to Rob and crying, and Rob confesses that he too needs her and begins to break down. Cat wants to go to him, but she can't let go of Bran's hand to do it. We learn that Cat begged Ned not to go, but he felt the decision had been made and couldn't be reversed. While they're talking, a tower catches fire. Rob runs out to help put it out. Cat fears for Bran's safety. She goes to the window, but sees that it's just the library tower and is relieved that Bran is safe. She turns to find an unknown man who smells of horses in the room. He mumbles that she weren't supposed to be here. Apparently, he's also the character from Sling Blade. That's very good, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you're acting as well as reading here. That's good. (laughs) But Jeannie asked us to. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Brandishing a dagger, he grabs her and covers her mouth as he brings the knife up to her neck. She blocks the blade with her hands, cutting her fingers deeply. She bites his hand and falls to the ground. They hear a low rumble as Bran's wolf enters and leaps onto the man, ripping his throat out. Rob and half the Winterfell guards arrive, and after taking the scene in, lead her away to her chambers. She awakes four days later with a much clearer head and ashamed of her behavior. Rob, Lewin, Theon Greyjoy, and the new captain of guards, Hollis Mullen, arrive and brief her. Nobody knew the man, but they found a bag with 90 silver stags hidden in the stables. Also, the dagger the man used was very expensive, made of valerian steel with a dragon bone handle. She swears them all to secrecy, then tells them of Liza Aaron's message that Queen Cersei killed John Aaron. She believes Jaime threw Bran from the tower and suspects the Lannisters had something to do with the attempt on Bran's life. If that's true, 
Ned and the girls could be in trouble. She decides she must go to King's Landing herself and get answers. Man, I got excited listening to that. I mean, I've read this chapter like three times in the last few days, but it was still exciting. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah, I think it's a, it might be the best chapter we've had so far. Yeah. It's, it's a lot going on. Yeah. But cool stuff. So, yeah, Kat was definitely in a bit of a state. Yeah. Um, the four-day sleep will probably help. Right. Sleep does tend to do that. Yeah. Yeah, she hadn't been sleeping or leaving the room for fear that Bram might die while she wasn't watching over him, which... As any parent can imagine, I mean, dealing with that level of fear of your child dying for that long, it would definitely drive you mad. Yeah. And I mean, you definitely, I definitely feel for Rickon here because he is only little and he does feel abandoned. It feels like he could be in there with her. Right. I don't think he'd be that, (laughs) you know, perturbed by Bran just laying around. Yeah, Yeah, I had that same thought, yeah. But really, it seems like she doesn't expect him to ever wake. Her line is, and her boy lying there broken, the sweetest of her children, the gentlest, Bran, who loved to laugh and climb and dreamt of knighthood, all gone now. She would never hear him laugh again. Yeah, but so. I mean, she's she's misreading what Master Lewin's telling her, because Master Lewin is pretty confident he is going to wake up, True. it seems. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Although, it is, it's definitely a pessimistic viewpoint that she's taking, but I can kind of relate. I consider myself to be a pessimistic optimist. Okay. So outwardly and in the primary part of my mind, I'm I'm usually pessimistic about things like, oh, the, you know, the, the Steelers are going to lose or this isn't <laughs> going to work out. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, this is this is going to work. This is going to happen. I this is going to come through. So, so your, your inner self is an optimist. Yes. But you protect him. I, precisely. With a layer of pessimism. Yes, so that I'm prepared for the disappointment. Interesting. But a little piece of me is clinging to that hope. Yeah. So she might be pessimistically saying he's never going to wake again, just I, so she can prepare herself for that. I wonder if sport sort of teaches us this, because... You see, I think I'm different. I'm not sure exactly how I am because I've never really thought of myself in terms of this two layers of optimism, pessimism (laughs) that you've just theorized right this second. (laughs) But you do support sport teams that have the potential to win. (laughs) (laughs) You know that I support a sports team that has zero chance of ever winning anything, (laughs) ever. And so... uh, I don't know what that makes me. I, I feel like I'm pretty much an optimist on all things, though. I feel like you have to be. <laughs> Maybe that's it. <laughs> that's you protecting yourself. <laughs> and if there is a sort of like a nugget of something else inside, it's so well hidden, we'll never actually see it or know about it. Interesting. Yeah. We're off topic. We are, slightly. Okay. Uh, so Rob, Rob needs her as well. He he's does. been carrying the can. I think he's doing a good job of it, but, yeah, you yeah. know. He probably he probably is making decisions that he is, you know, nervous about making. Yeah, probably not exactly qualified to be making right. either. Yeah. And I know they seem to age fast in Westeros. I mean, he's consider he's fourteen and he considers himself almost a man grown. But my son is nineteen, and God help us if he ever has to run a castle by himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My son, oh, I, I can't say mean things about my son. He, he might listen one day. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is definitely listening. <laughs> That's not a mean thing. No. Ethan, you should not be running a castle. Not yet. Yeah. Wait till you're 20. Yeah. Rob's lip starts to quiver a little when yeah. he starts thinking about all that's going on and... Uh... She needs to be a mom to more than just Bran. In fact, Bran is the one who needs her least at this moment. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. I feel like 
Rob has really proven a lot to us since that uh, those first two chapters with the beheading and with Joff in the yard. Yeah. We, we kind of got one opinion of him, and he's really transformed his... Yeah, I don't want to point the finger, but I think it was you. <laughs> well, it might have been me. See, there's that pessimism. But in the back of my mind, I was you like, knew you knew he was going to come wrong. good. <laughs> so she's she's flipped on her wanting Ned to be hand of the king because she was complete one. Yeah, I guess the fear of losing Brad is uh, losing Brown has put this into perspective. Yeah, seems like she's no longer so concerned about ambitions or Sansa being queen. Yeah. Just kind of wants everybody together now. But I wonder if if now the the post four day sleep cat is more like the old cat again. You know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Got her head that straight. That could be. Yeah. But it's similar to the scene in the show, right? In the show, she begs Ned not to go. That's right. When Ned interrupts her and That's John. That's right. Yeah. I think when we talked about that during John yeah. two or whatever we John did. that was, yeah. we were talking about that being a difference. It just happened later. I yeah, guess. yeah. We find I, out about it later. Right. Anyway. And we don't see it live. We hear about it as a... Right. W- it's been reported in yes. the past tense. Yeah. Robert said the gods mock the prayers of kings and peasants alike. Yep. Yeah. She got what she wished for. Yeah. Nez the hand of the king. Sansa's off to down the path to being queen. Brands and Winterfell with her. And none of it has worked out the way she yeah. envisioned that it might. But Ned took the decision and stuck with it. So he's off to... King's Landing. We saw him last time uh, already on the road, so yeah, that's, uh, he's committed to that path now. But not, not to take advantage of an injured kid, but he didn't want to go in the first place, and this could have been the exact excuse he needed to decline Robert without it being like a complete slap in the face, you know. But I think maybe, you know, maybe from his perspective, the dispassionate things that people might say about Bran maybe ring true to him. There's nothing I can do to help him. Right. If he gets better, I still won't be able to help him, you know. I'd like to be here, but I'm useless. Yeah, yeah. And I think also, I think one thing about Ned is that he's malleable in the sense that he's able to change his view on something. And I think the arguments for him becoming Hand of the King have really taken root. He really believes them now. Yeah, that's possible. I don't think he wants to That's probably likely. Yeah. But then a rather stinky uh, random guy enters the room with a dagger. And uh, she smells him from across the room, and when he grabs her, while her life is in peril, she thinks his stench is overwhelming. So he must have been pretty stinky. This didn't come through in the show. Yeah? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Was it like green uh, <laughs> green smoke coming off him like a cartoon, like Pigpen? <laughs> she did a little sort of like broke the fourth wall of it. <laughs> this that, guy? <laughs> he needs a bath. <laughs> yeah, cat blocking the knife from her throat with her fingers was kind of gruesome in both book and oh, show yeah that's yeah, gonna leave a mark especially valyrian steel yeah kind of sharp right, right. but not as uh, badly of a mark <laughs> as uh, what brand's wolf is gonna leave on that guy's throat uh it's a great moment though yeah unknown wolf to the rescue yeah unnamed not unknown we know the wolf we know who the wolf was i yeah. wish he'd get a name so yeah, we quit referring the, to him as yeah, brand's wolf, brand's wolf. <laughs> And, of course, she's been mad at the wolf for howling this whole time. Right, but now yeah. she's uh, obviously going to change her tune towards that. She's happy that he jumped up on the bed. Yeah, and saved both of their lives. Right. <laughs> that part, too. Yeah. But I'm not sure how the wolf knew to follow the man into the room. Well, he did smell. <laughs> it's true. Dogs have a good <laughs> sense of smell. <laughs> well, I mean, I, mean, I think the, the dire wolves are sort of, you know, mystically 
connected to their children, to their Stark children, right, know where they're in danger. Be. I think, yeah. I'm not sure this happened in the book, but in the TV show, the same wolf whimpers in fear when Bran starts to climb the tower. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, might just be he was whimpering because he couldn't follow him, but right. obviously has sixth sense for the dangers. Or maybe... Um... He's just always been trying to get in, and the guards keep shooing him away. Right, and the guards have just run off to fight the fire. Yeah, and now the path is open. Yeah, yeah. So she gets some sleep. She wakes up with an appetite and uh, with her head clear. Uh, She hasn't eaten properly in who knows how long. And then she feels guilt and shame for what she's neglected in this whole time. Yeah. And then uh, Rob, Lewin, Theon Greyjoy, and Hollis Mullen show up and give her some info about the attacker. So it turns out the guy smelled like horses because he was hiding in the stables. And Hollis is embarrassed that the guy went unnoticed, but you'd have to imagine it would be pretty easy for him to blend in, especially with all the strangers around due to the king's large party that he brought with him. So, not to point the finger at Hollis, but the girls, the, the, the party has left eight days ago, so you'd think the stables would be a lot quieter than they had been. Right. Sure, it would be easy to not notice him while the king's party of 300 whatever were there right but once they've all departed it should be easier to spot this guy but you know yeah he mentions he mentions it's possible that hodor might have seen him but that then he references that hodor is simple and it wouldn't ra- rather have mattered much if hodor had seen him because hodor hodor can only say one word which is hodor uh so <laughs> be useful if the one word he could say was stinking guy hiding in stables yeah. <laughs> 90 silver stags <laughs> sharp knife and, but they're also working with a skeleton crew around Winterfell since a lot of the important people went south with Ned and Cat's out of commission so again true but that also makes the guy more vulnerable to being spotted there's less people <laughs> this stranger who smells like horses would stand out even more that's a good point uh, obviously this isn't just an opportunist He's lit the fire. He has 90 silver stags, so he's been paid to do this. And the dagger is more than a common yeah. thief slash murderer could afford. Right. Both the silver stags and the dagger don't fit in well with just some random commoner. Yeah. Most small folk didn't even have coins. They used the barter system instead. So right. something's <laughs> up. Yeah. So he's um, clearly paid to kill Bran. Yep. By someone. I think we have a very good couple of suspects for that and the people who don't want Bran to wake up would be uh, Cersei and Jaime presumably so okay someone's paying this guy to kill Bran you give him 90 silver stags that makes sense you gotta gotta bribe him to do something where he could be killed if he gets caught right yeah yeah why give him a Valerian steel dagger I mean that's just that's just advertising that someone paid this guy to kill Bran yep I can't disagree. I Any mean, dagger would do the job. You don't need probably. a Valerian steel dagger. It's yep. I'm I'm with you. So that just is he, is the the person trying to send a message, letting them know someone's after them. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense either. Yeah. But I mean, I, don't know. I guess it would be an effective weapon. I mean, given that he was almost stopped by Catelyn, the fact that he had a Valerian steel knife that could just chop through her fingers without any problem actually helped him in his quest. I guess, (laughs) If he was just using his uh, (laughs) apple corer, he might not have been able to fight her off. I'm not sure they thought that far ahead when they were planning it, but (laughs) it's possible. (laughs) But she did get her sense of humor back. Uh, When Lewin asks her if she noticed the blade, her response was, 
The circumstances did not allow me to examine it closely, but I can vouch for its edge. You see? Uh, That's the cat we remember. That is. All she has to do is make a few mean barbs about John, and she'll be right back in the saddle. So naturally, the crew think that the assassin was there to kill Cat, but she, of course, knows from what was said during the assassination that he was really there for Bran. There's no doubt about that. He flatly says several times that she wasn't supposed to be there. (laughs) Why I keep doing the sling blade guy, I'm not sure. But. <laughs> Clearly, he should have been played by Billy Bob Thornton, right. this guy. Miscast, I guess. Yeah. And he also says it's a mercy that he's dead already. So mm-hmm. that that pretty much uh, yeah. does, the, does the job yeah. of uh, what he's there to do. So Rob expresses that incredulity that anyone would want to kill an unconscious boy. But Kat, as she's done a couple of times already, she makes him think it through. Right. Why would someone want to do that? Eventually he comes up with the logical conclusion that someone's afraid of what Bran will say when he wakes up. Yep. And I think he's right. But I, but I like her teaching style. Yeah, you know, yes, just make right. people think it through. I'm not going to tell you the answer. Right. Give a person a fish, they eat for a day. Exactly. Teach them to fish, they yeah. can eat for a lifetime. Yeah. So after Mullen leaves, she swears the other three men to secrecy, and then she tells them of her sister Lysa's accusations that Cersei was involved with John Aaron's death. It just as a reminder, this was in Cat Two. It was the note that was gibberish, the cat read and then burned. <laughs> right. At least that's what she says the note says. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I made McKelly laugh by doing air quotes around everything he was just saying. But yes, that we, we have reason to believe that that is what the note said. And John Aaron, in case, uh, just as a quick reminder, is the former hand of the king that Ned is replacing. Yeah. Yeah, so it makes sense that she's confiding in Rob. And Master Lewin. Yes. You were a little bit surprised that Theon got into that. Yeah. I mean, given given how sensitive she found that note. I mean, right. remember, she ran stark naked across a room to burn that note. Which was gibberish. In front of her husband. You know, like, so he couldn't even look at it. And now she's blasting around what's in the note to anyone who listened. That's the thing. So Theon is the son of a lord who, as recent as nine years ago, fought against House Stark in the Greyjoy Rebellion. Yeah. Now, he's been raised in Winterfell from a small boy, but does that make him 100% trustworthy? And his response is, Lord Eddard is a second father to me, but is that true? Or does he just want to hear the gossip so he's willing to say whatever uh, he needs to say? Just an aside here, actually. I'm the other cultural thing I'm doing at the moment, this counts as cultural, watching The Americans. Oh, yeah. Have you watched that? I tried stacy uh, didn't care for it so we bailed uh, on it but i really like not to not to spoil but in i'm in the third season i think and so they're they're two russian spies who've been embedded in the states for a long time they yeah. have two children yeah two children are being raised as americans have no reason to think that their parents are russian spies the russian kgb are interested in recruiting their eldest daughter oh. to be a spy okay and i'm just thinking about that in terms of theon here where do his loyalties lie? Right. You know, it's slightly different because he is being raised by someone he knows to be an enemy, but they've been good to him and he feels kinship with them. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he does. Yeah. Whereas the girl in the Americans has been raised as an American to be an American, to be pro-American. Right. Never realizing that her parents were working against the country. She uh, yeah, yeah. So if it is revealed to her, and I don't know, I haven't reached that point in the show yet, what will she feel? Right. Will she feel loyalty to her parents which would be kind of theon siding with the Greyjoys yeah. in many ways or 
to her environment, which would be siding with the Starks, yeah, I guess. That's mm. Good comparison. I like it. But she did just wake up from four days of sleeping, so maybe she's not thinking straight. <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed a little bit... Uh... Oh, maybe, but maybe she feels like the whole situation has changed. The goalposts have moved. When she was entertaining the king, it was important that this kind of thing was stuffed under the... That's true. Now, her child has been... Someone has attempted to kill her child twice. That's true, yeah. At least now she believes it's twice. She doesn't yet have... She doesn't have any evidence that the fall wasn't just a fall. Yeah. But she has reasons now to suspect that because... Yeah, that's came. a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. I guess maybe it's not really such a secret anymore. Yeah. Since now. <laughs> you, 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 basically, she's in open rebellion against the Lannisters at right. this point. So. Yes. Yeah, like you just said. So Kat says Jamie did not go on the hunt the day Bran fell. And she thinks that Bran, that he threw Bran from the tower. Now, we know it's true. Yeah, we saw it. But it seems like quite the leap with no facts. You know, like, he didn't go on the hunt and Bran fell. That's really all she knows. Now, we know someone tried to kill, just tried to kill Bran. It just seems like a bit of a leap. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. But, I mean, you know Bran that morning, Bran didn't know anything that was worth killing him for. Right. Yes. Cat knows that. He learned something that day that he had to be killed for. That's true. Yeah. So... There aren't many people around who would have done something in front of Bran that would have been worth killing him for. Jamie was a possibility on that one. That's a good point. Yeah. But but again, I think going back to the Valyrian steel knife, it does point to it being someone rich and wealthy and yeah, with exactly. resources. So it does kind of like bring attention to the fact it might be someone like Jamie. That's exactly <laughs> why. I don't get why yeah. they would have given the guy a Valyrian steel blade maybe the idea was that he killed him and then got away <laughs> nobody knew it was a Valyrian steel blade I think that was the plan <laughs> so Sir Roderick brings up the point that um, yeah Jamie killed the king but that's kind of a far cry from pushing a boy off a tower but it seems like everyone keeps making the guess Tyrion seemed to make the similar guess back in his but Tyrion chapter. did see that look yes, pass between them and that's he true. didn't which we're not sure if he was looking right. for a look or just yeah. caught the look. All right, so to me, the most interesting line in the whole chapter comes next. Now, there's a lot of interesting things, as I mentioned when we started this episode, but I've I've known about those things for a long time, so mm -hmm. they were less interesting this time reading it through. But this line I hadn't really caught until the read-through for this episode. So Kat says that Winterfell may have need of all its swords soon and that they best not be made of wood. And that's a reference to Rob wearing steel instead of a mm -hmm. wooden sword. Mm -hmm. Theon responds, my lady, if it comes to that, my house owes yours a great debt. And that struck me as curious. What debt is Theon referring to? The effort spent raising him? That doesn't seem like a great debt. Yeah, and, and, and I would say that the Greyjoys don't owe them that. Theon does. Right. Yes, yes, exactly. Taking him hostage certainly doesn't make them indebted to House Stark. So what great debt does House Greyjoy owe House Stark? I have a theory. Hit me. All right. After the Greyjoy Rebellion, Ned took Theon hostage, obviously, which seems kind of out of character for Ned, considering the 
compassion for Danny and Rhaegar's kids. So why do it? Robert is fairly forgiving with those who fight against him. He pardoned most of the houses that fought for the Targaryens, and he did the same for Balon Greyjoy after the Greyjoy Rebellion. But the Greyjoys rebelled directly against Robert as king. That's a bigger deal. So some kind of assurance was needed. So I get it. You take the kid as hostage. But the Greyjoys also destroyed the Lannister fleet in Lannisport. So Tywin Lannister would have a major vendetta against the Drake Greyjoys. Mm. So why not give Theon to Tywin? Tywin seems more of the take child take a child hostage kind of guy than Ned. And we get a bit of that during Jamie and Cersei's conversation when Bran was listening in about how he was going to foster Robert Aaron kind of as a hostage. And in Eddard 1, Ned says he'd sooner entrust a child to a pit viper than to Lord Tywin regarding Robert Aaron going to Tywin. Right. But that's his own nephew. That is Ned's nephew true. he's talking about there, rather than just the young Greyjoy. Right, that's true. Of rebellious <laughs> Greyjoys. So... How's Tywin likely to treat the son of the man who embarrassed him and destroyed his fleet? That's interesting. Not well. Yeah. Therefore, Ned takes him instead, making a safer harbor for Theon, creating a great debt to House Stark. Again, I'm though. rest my case. Uh, it's very good. It's very good. <laughs> defense it's, it's, rest. it's thought through. But again, I would say that almost all of that is why Theon owes the Starks a great debt. That's true. Not the Greyjoys. That's true. Now, maybe he's just thinking about the houses himself. Right, <laughs> possibly, yeah. But but it but it is interesting. I think I think the other aspect of it is the forgiveness part. Because like you said, it was a direct rebellion against Robert. And you could easily I mean, plenty of times in the past houses have been wiped out for that kind of thing. True. And instead of wiping them out, they even let Balon Greyjoy stay as head of the of the house right and just took his son as punishment slash and i think there's not it's not just punishment and 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 i'm not sure i agree with you about ned taking hostages is out of character i think it's part of it is let's bring him over here and raise him to appreciate the seven Mm. kingdoms you know that so when he's lord when he's lord he's a faithful member of the team if he stays here with balon he's going to be raised like that environment yeah yeah that's true yeah it's not quite as fun as mine no (laughs) no but yours is good too but but you're absolutely right i mean it it could easily have gone to tywin and and you're absolutely right i'm sure he would have had a much worse time of it i'm pretty sure tywin had he been more involved in crushing the greyjoy rebellion probably would have demanded that they be wiped out. Yeah, maybe. As a punishment. Yeah. Because yeah. that's where he suffered financially the most in that. Right. Mm. Yeah. I just thought that, well, it seemed like kind of a throwaway line. But yeah. it really, I was like, what? what is he referring to? Yeah. So. We'll be right back. Hello, friends. Are you ready to make some unforgettable memories? Well, if so, consider the Marriott Bonvoy program. Discover the perfect destination for your summer getaway and unlock exclusive deals on luxurious accommodations. With our affiliate partnership, you'll enjoy unbeatable savings and a seamless booking experience. Don't let summer slip away. Visit Marriott Bonvoy today and make this vacation season one for the books. Use our Ghosts of Heron Hall affiliate page to check it all out and buy Bonvoy points or give some as a gift. The link to our page is in the show notes. 
But he, I also think you make a good point. He sees himself as House Greyjoy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he isn't surrounded by many Greyjoys, like right. none. So <laughs> possibly that becomes a yeah. self-fulfilling prophecy there. So Kat's going to go to King's Landing and get some answers. Yep. And um, Lewin is concerned about the burden of proof in accusing the Queen's twin, which is a good solid point. Solid point. <laughs> yeah. So what you have maesters for. Right. Clear thinking. <laughs> Don't go off half. They're locked. busy running the whole uh, yeah, exactly. realm Stop. anyway. Stop. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if maybe Kat dreamt any of this, of the whole Jamie thing. She had four days of sleep on That's it. That's true. That's a good point. So R- Roderick, again, to the dagger, says that that, that that dagger would stand out even amongst the nobility. Yes. So the proof is the dagger, perhaps. Which goes... But, hey, that doesn't prove Jamie. It just proves someone with resources, I would right. say. You know? Yes, true. Very true. So she and Sir Roderick are going to hustle down to King's Landing and get there ahead of the royal party, which begs the question... Why didn't Robert just consider traveling by water to Winterfell? I, I what I don't, what I really don't understand is why he hasn't abandoned them now. I mean, like I think part of the problem here is that the Queen wanted to go in her carriage, sure, yeah, yeah in her the wheelhouse. wheelhouse yeah. Yeah. So fine, go up there with her on the way back. I'm going to go the quick way. I got to run the country, dude. right? Yeah, I got some responsibilities exactly. to attend to, or at least to delegate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to handle. So Rob offers to go, but there must always be a Stark in Winterfell. And like Benjen during Robert's Rebellion, he is now that Stark. Yep. So <laughs> Rob seems a little bit confused as to how once again he's been left holding the bag right. with no one to advise him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and now he's going to have to look after Bran too. Yep, just yeah. keep adding to that plate. Yeah. So some background information. Um, they mentioned Milk of the Puppy, um, some kind of opiate, something like morphine. It's popularized by House Sackler, whose words are no such thing as overprescription. <laughs> I just like that joke. I'm yeah. sorry. There's no such house as House Sackler. No, but there uh, should be. Yeah. It's known and used throughout the world, a variety of delivery mechanisms. For instance, the Dothraki take it in a mixture with wine. And also the, the unknown man who tried to kill Bran was paid with 90 silver stags. The current currency found in Westeros was established shortly after the unification of the Seven Kingdoms following Aegon's conquest and was used throughout the whole Targaryen rule and continued after Robert's Rebellion. In order from high to low value, respectively, these are golden dragons, silver stags, copper stars, pennies, half pennies, and groats. The silver stags are known for the stag they bear, they're not minted for the Baratheon dynasty only. They had already been in use during the Targaryen reign. Hmm. Uh, Hodor is a simple-minded, stable boy slash man, I guess, by this point of Winterfell. A fall in his youth stunted his development and triggered his growth to enormous size and left him with a one-word vocabulary, Hodor. Hodor. This was not his given name. He was called Walder. In fact, he was played in the show by six foot ten Christian Nairn, who is very funny about his character. <laughs> if, you, if you've seen interviews with him, he's, he's really good. You told me uh, about the one where they asked him his favorite line. <laughs> <laughs> they were asking all of the people, what was your favorite line? And he was like, oh, it's that time when I said Hodor. <laughs> <laughs> so, comparison with the TV show, um, the whole fight and accompanying dia- dialogue was perfectly preserved, including the fire and Rob running out. Uh, the wolf licking the blood off her hands was cut, possibly because it's just too revolting, yeah, even kind of for gross. HBO. Yeah. They 
they dropped the money found in the stables, which I think is a very important part, but they replaced it with Cat after her sleep climbing the tower where Rob where Bran fell and finding a long blonde hair. Oh. Uh-huh. Well that's certainly more Lannister specific incrimination. Uh, quite. Quite. So in the show her accusation seems to be more grounded than yes. in the book. Interesting. Yeah. Showcat does not reveal Lysa's accusation to the little group. So that was okay. only in the book. The TV show doesn't mention that she plans to beat Ned to King's Landing. Oh. It seems like she's just going to go on his follow behind him. Right. But given that wheelhouse, even with a, what, I guess now we're talking about a 12-day head start, she yeah. probably will catch them up if she goes <laughs> by foot. True. <laughs> and show Rob says that Rickon is six, not three as he is in the book. So that's fairly consistent with the aging of the yeah. other children, especially. Yeah. Uh, pedantry corner. You 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 have the first one today. I just yeah I don't know. I I guess there's plausible explanations for why. But so Rob Lewin and Sir Roderick and half the guards of Winterfell burst into the room when that man is trying to kill Bran and uh, fighting with Cat and gets eaten by Bran's wolf. And I just wondered how did they know she never got to scream for help and the chaos of the fire must have been distracting. So. Okay, maybe Rob comes back. Maybe they put the fire out and Rob comes back. But why would he bring everyone and half the guards of Winterfell just on a what would seem like a random hunch? I, I, w- I like to chip away at your pedantry, but that one is rock solid. You're absolutely <laughs> right. I can't think of anything. Unless they got to the library and they were like, this looks like arson. Right. <laughs> maybe that's what it was. Bran's wolf licked the blood off Catelyn's hands like if you've been cut to the bone a quick lick from a dog would stop the bleeding. No, no, no. Magical powers yeah. of direwolf saliva, I'm possibly. thinking she's going to bleed for quite a long time there. Yeah. So. yeah. And so why did the assassin wait eight days to spring the trap? He, he was living in a stable. The chance of capture must have mm-hmm. increased all the time. I would say two days would have been plenty. I mean, like, you yeah. don't want Ned to be right. just, just down the road. Yeah. So you, I get a little... But eight days just seems like an unnecessarily long time. Yeah, that's a very good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maybe he fell asleep in the stables <laughs> and just didn't feel like... Just, he got used to it. The horses were warm. You know? <laughs> Maybe he had 120 stags. That's right. He He's been spending it. Like... 30 of it. <laughs> like, oh, I better get to my job. Uh, that's good, yeah. That makes sense. But then it feels like more than Hodor would have noticed this guy. Possibly. This guy's splashing the cash and he stinks like a horse. <laughs> We've never seen him before, but he's got a flash dagger. <laughs> All right, so let's conclude. We need let's to wrap, wrap this up. We do. Poor people. Got lives to get back to. So Kat has been neglecting everything, including Rickon, uh, but now she seems ready to take on the world. She does, yeah. She's She is kind of abandoning Rickon. <laughs> She's really going to abandon Rickon. <laughs> I'll show him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so her attacker set the fire, hoping she would leave to help, and was surprised to find her in the room. Just kind of recapping, the blade was very rare and expensive. I think we've made that clear. So clearly, someone had set it, set him up to it. Was it Lannisters? It could be. They definitely have the money, but and they have the motive. Well, if it was someone else, who and why? So. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be the Lannisters. I mean, they're, they're the ones... I mean, Cersei and Jamie are the only two people who know that Bran needs to be silenced. Right. Who else would try to kill this kill child? Kill an unconscious child, yeah. yeah. And why give him an expensive dagger to right. do the job? Yeah, it just really does seem to... 
increase the chances of the dots being connected. Yeah, yeah. So Kat does trust Theon. You've made that point. Uh, yeah. She included him in Lysa's dangerous secret. Um, <laughs> just becoming the worst kept secret in the realm. But but again, I mean, I guess once people start trying to murder your children, secrets don't right. seem as important anymore. Even the people that the secret's about know the secret. Right, that's right, that's true. <laughs> Cersei and Jamie were talking, talking about, about her yeah, accusations. That's right. And Kat thinks that this might lead to war. Not, she doesn't say that directly, but she says Winterfell might need all of its sword soon. Um, well, yeah, I mean, if you, so. you go and accuse half of the royal family of uh, murdering the Hand of the King and tempting murdering twice the son of the Hand of the... the new Hand of the King. Right, yeah. Your yeah. Uh, things are going to get yeah. frosty. They're going to need mediation yeah. is what they're going to need. So she's heading to King's Landing for answers and uh, it seems like a dangerous mission, but Ned will be happy to see her, yeah, I imagine, because he's probably thinking, it's a long time down here with no wife. <laughs> what a sweet surprise. Yeah. So I guess that's it, huh? Yep. All right. Well, here comes our plea for getting the word out. If you like what we're doing, leaving a review on iTunes or at podchaser.com would be a great way to help us out. Of course, you can always tweet and Facebook about us, too. I'm willing to share bread recipes. <laughs> anyway, as long as as long as long your comments are positive, we certainly won't complain about any feedback we get. Well, we won't complain about negative feedback, honestly. We'll, 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 if, you get, if we get negative feedback, we'll do something about it. We will certainly do our best, yeah. unless it's to replace us. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my... Not have a... As always, you can reach us at ghost.heronhall at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at ghostheronhall. And go out on Facebook and follow us there as well. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Bye. Bye.